Hello. Welcome to another episode of 20 fucking 9. It's your girl, Lore. And today I have a special, special guest with me. It is my sister, Cheyenne. Hi, everybody. So Cheyenne and I are having a great conversation that is uh, a little ganja infused for me at least um we were talking about depression or just life and venting about how you feel about something but especially when you're depressed and you are just saying how you feel and like you may write a post on facebook or something and you're just like you know right now i feel heaviness in my chest i'm sad i'm I'm hurting or whatever and immediately someone you know comments a a remedy or a solution to that or just you know I'm here that it almost like a weight like immediately coddling and it's just like I'm just letting you know that this is what's going on but I'm also doing it to vent and so Cheyenne was, you know, expressing how she felt about that. And uh, what were you saying, Cheyenne? Well, I was just saying that I noticed the people who are going through whatever they're venting or feeling about, when people are talking about these remedies or these ideas to resolve it, it's like, well, the person you're telling it to, I'm sure they know more about it think because they're going through it and they're doing the research trying to fix whatever is happening to them and it goes across the board not just for mental health but for physical health spiritual health it's like all these things that are going on and people are just trying to cover it and just quickly handle it it's like well I kind of need to sit in this and figure it out you know what I mean absolutely it's like sometimes I'm I'm saying this and I don't want an immediate pull out. Sometimes I just need to be in my feelings to understand how I'm feeling and why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. And it's it's unfortunate because it's it's kind of like a I don't know if a catch 22 would be right, but <clears throat> like it's kind of a double-edged sword because then you have the moments when you're saying, you know, we need people to reach out or we need people to be there for us and to be supportive. And then it's also saying, I need you to support me, but sometimes I need you to know when to support me and when to just let me be. Right. You know, and that can kind of... It, and that comes with understanding. It does. and Understanding what that person is like, because depression is not one, it's not the same across the board. There's different levels different there's different different forms more I wouldn't necessarily I wouldn't definitely say levels there's different forms Mm -hmm. I've noticed that a lot of times um you know with you would have to be you would have to be surrounded by people who are very understanding because it can kind of make people uncomfortable to have instructions on how to comfort someone you know it's so funny Camille used to (laughs) Camille used to laugh at me she because I would say 
there's a certain way to comfort me. And um, uh, someone who shall remain nameless, because we ain't going to give him no shine, but he would (laughs) never say the right things. And like, if I'm going, I'm not going to lie. I always know what to say to comfort somebody. I mean, it's a gift. I, I'm an, I'm in, what is that called? An empathist? Empath, empath, okay. I know I'm empathetic, but it's like, it's an empath, it's like someone who can kind of feel other people's pain. You're an empathetic person. No, but it's called an empathist. I think it is. I don't know. Empathist sounds more official. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was like, you know, I always know what to say. You know what I mean? Um, because I feel connected to people this motherfucker would just never know what to say and he would always say I don't know what to say and that would irritate the fuck out of me because it's like I'm telling you this okay because I don't know what the fuck to do so for you to not know what the fuck to do we just two motherfuckers that don't know what the fuck to do and <laughs> two motherfuckers that don't know what the fuck to do is zero and zero and that equals to nothing like that's not okay yeah. so I was like you know I, I would tell him I said stop saying you don't know what to say because you sound defeated I said if you don't know what to say then say let's pray about it sometimes that's just all I need I was like but don't tell me you don't know what to say because then it just makes me feel like you're not even trying to help me figure it out in this moment I do need you in this moment I'm not just trying to vent and be in my my thoughts in this moment I need your help I need your support I need you to help me figure this shit out right and so um or sometimes or or sometimes it was I'm just venting Sometimes there were times where it's just like, hey, I'm just venting, and a motherfucker's like, well, I don't know what you what what to tell you. Right, bitch. That sounds like dismissive. It's so cold to hear someone say that. Exactly. Like, like you're you're basically making anything I just said null and void. Exactly. And it's no reason. And it's like when you're venting, it's more like you're exasperated so you're just trying to get it all out you're regurgitating all those feelings and when you're coming to somebody to help you it's more the the emotion is its depth is much further than when you're just getting it out because usually I think when you're just venting it's that high anxiety that makes all those ideas racing and that's what makes you want to vent and get it all out you know absolutely absolutely and it's just it, it's it's in that moment just be a listener shit i know me sometimes when i'm having anxiety i don't even want anyone to be an active listener i i want to know you're listening but i also don't want to hear you say uh-huh yeah because then i I hate the uh uh-huhs. That shit makes me feel like you're not listening. And another thing I hate to my homegirls who have fucking kids. When I'm talking on the phone and then you go and carry a conversation in the middle of me talking. That shit irritates the fuck out of me. Oh my God. Oh my God. I can't stand (laughs) it. I can't fucking stand it. 
Cheyenne, you be Mika. I used to tell, oh my God, I used to tell Camille this dead ass because I was talking to her one day and I'm like dead ass crying. And she go, I'm like, and so I'm like talking and shit and blah, blah, blah. She dead ass fucking is like, like me mid talk. She's like, come on, sit down. Don't touch that. So like I go from there to like, like my whole fucking cry had to take a goddamn intermission because she wants to be a goddamn parent. Like, Tell me. like I need your attention right now, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, you know what it is, nigga. You ain't just meet me. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, get it together, you know? So, like, my bestie, uh, sister from another mister was on the phone. And she had her baby on the oh she I think she was breastfeeding or something or the baby was like making noise and girl she kept talking to the baby and shit all I said was I need you to listen to me it's about me right now <laughs> oh my gosh I can tell you some stories about my attention. Oh my god! Oh my god! Like yo, just give me, give me your, you know, your time. I did that to mom this week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was at Jada's house and I literally were about to go to the shop and I literally was like, Jada, we're gonna have to make a detour and go to Northridge so I can see mom because I was just feeling so terrible mm-hmm. and just so sad and discouraged about everything with school and work and just trying to get everything together and. I come over and mom was on the phone and she was laughing. I was mad. I was like, like you're, not gonna, you you're not gonna come and hug sad? me. <laughs> what the freak is going on? You have people that you talk to? I was like, oh heck no, this is no. This is a no. <laughs> Don't you see me here? Do you yeah, not I, see my emotions yeah, when I hit the exact, door? Yeah, my exact expression. So I was like getting dressed and I was like, oh, maybe she'll get off the phone now. <laughs> and she did it and I was mad because I had Jada in the car waiting so I was like I and then mom would have to be mad at me I was like you want to be mad at me for me being mad at you how are you going to be mad at me for that and we're both mad at how does she fucking flip it dude it's the Jillian effect I swear to god mom's so good at that shit that you know you right for being mad and she'll flip that shit on you and then somehow you feel bad for being mad and somehow no. somehow have apologized <laughs> for being mad mm-hmm. she, like she I think it's a fucking Jedi mind trick dude cause you get mad and then she gets mad at you for being mad and then all of a sudden you mad and you don't want to be mad no more cause it's tension it's ridiculous yeah. <laughs> It's like she be bullying you out of being mad. Yeah, she's like, you're not gonna be mad at me. I don't know what that's about. I'm gonna be madder than you, goddammit. Yeah, you can't beat me at my own game. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Oh my goodness. So yeah, sometimes you just, you know, have to, people just have to listen. It's just about, in that moment, allowing someone to express themselves however they want uncensored you know unfiltered um to release that from inside because when you have anxiety and you have things everything feels 
overwhelming and it just feels like a bunch of stuff just piled on you and then you start to feel it in your chest and it's bowling up and you don't know whether you want to cry you don't know whether you're going to hyperventilate you don't you don't know what on top of if you're getting the chest pains as well so it's just it's something where we just need to be heard yeah just need to be heard don't don't say you don't know what to say don't say well child whoop there it is you know what i'm saying to the problem i'll be like oh my god i really can't figure out how to do this work We'll just do it like this. I didn't want your help. I just wanted to be upset about I just wanted it. To, I just wanted to say it. Like, I just know, wanted to feel. <laughs> your, your safest bet, ladies and gentlemen, your safest bet is to be like, pray about it or let's pray about it. Say let's pray about it because then it allows that person to not feel alone. And also sometimes, you know, with anxiety, you can just be so far gone sometimes that you don't even have the strength to pray for yourself. So that's your yeah. safest bet. And if you don't pray, then just say, let's meditate about it. Mm-hmm. But that's let's just breathe. Right. Let's just, right. Let, right. You can do breathing techniques with somebody who's dealing with a panic attack or any type of high anxiety. It doesn't feel like you're being condescending. It feels like you're coaching them through. I don't know though. Sometimes when I'm having a panic attack, I don't like for motherfuckers to tell me to breathe. Motherfuckers tell me to breathe. I say, bitch, you breathe. (laughs) Leave me alone. Sometimes I don't want bitch to tell me to breathe. Bitch, don't tell me what the fuck to do. I know what you don't know my life. What the fuck? I just, I don't, I handle my anxiety so different from you. So it's like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I blow up out of nowhere. There will be a bunch of stuff at one time and you. You go on everything, so it's like yeah, you shitting a, on niggas. Me, I, 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 I become irritable. Yep. Very. Irri- I feel that irritable, short, like short, tempered, um, short, short tempered, like like just little shit. Yo, funniest thing happened yesterday. I was like, and like my PTSD. Okay, so just a little update so this week is gonna make actually wednesday will make the six year anniversary of our older sister camellia's death um not only is it the sixth year it's actually the exact day it was a wednesday that she died and it is wednesday that the 15th of august falls on so, um, we have been dealing with this shit for a while. I, for me, I would say, um, I've been dealing with my PTSD has been pretty high. My anxiety since I say July, um, which every year, like clockwork, my body starts almost grieving, all over again and replaying things. How 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 far back did it start for you, Shy? I think it really started. Um, I want to say about two or three years in. I noticed the the physical changes I would go through. No, I'm talking, I'm talking about this year. When it started for me, July, right before it was like the second week of July, I started. What did you? Like I, I was hearing the date, the fifteenth, the fifteenth. I'm like, 
what did wow. you what did you notice um a change in i noticed a change in my eating mm-hmm. i was eating a lot more for me like absolutely no reason i was and i knew i wasn't hungry but i was just wanted to kept i kept wanting to chew um my my habits my smoking habits changed um even the way i would like take care of myself was different mm-hmm. well, personal hygiene any of that were you not showering no i would like i wouldn't get up to shower in until yeah like every other day it was like midday or something like that like when i i should have been up in the morning and i'm sleeping through the day and staying up late in the night you know i noticed for me i was taking more showers uh, which for me, you know, once I, that's, that's a, that's one of my patterns. You know, there's certain things that you do when you have, um, anxiety or depression when you're, you're about to slip into an episode. And as I've said previously, um, for me, it was the showers. I was noticing that I'm taking a shower and then I get out and then I get back in that bitch and I'm like, why the fuck did I just take three showers? Why did I just take a why do I want to take a fourth one? Or um then I noticed I wasn't eating. Um about mid-July I wasn't I wasn't eating like until late in the day. So literally I was get to maybe I wouldn't have my first meal until maybe five or six o'clock in the in the evening. Mm. And I would be hungry, but I just had no appetite. I, I just had no appetite. And then I, I it, it's just, and it's been like this for the past six years. Every time I just, it gets closer to that date and I can just, I, I feel it going through. And then I start reliving those last days of her life. Um, from being in the hospital to the day that she died, um, to and I don't even have that. Yeah, I just be getting this like survivor's remorse, this kind of guilt that I wish I had spoke more often. Mm-hmm. This and then this want to be with her at the age I am now. I was just telling my friend about that. How I wish that she was here now. So that I can speak to her with the experiences I have now and like talk to her as an adult and not as just a little sister. Yeah. Even though I'll always be the little sister, it's a different kind of relationship. Absolutely. And I've always wished for that. So it was just like, especially with her, just because I know it would have been just as great as our relationship mm-hmm. as older sister, but still being adults, you know? Yeah. So it's just. It's just stressful. And then it's like, on top of that, at least you got, I don't even want to say at least, with you, the experience was so different for me because I didn't get to see her in those last days. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I always thought, well, what was she thinking? Did she think about me? Did what Was this my fault? And it's like, there's so many things that added up to my own guilt about the whole situation about her passing so it was like those things so my body is always going through something winter break you won't see me 
Well, you know what? <clears throat> the the guilt, I believe, and this is my opinion. <clears throat> I believe that the guilt that you have comes from feeling as though you have no control over it, over her death. Meaning it wasn't something that you could stop. It wasn't something that you could um, prevent. Prevent, prolong, or anything like that. But then on top of that, when she died, you were a child. And when things or traumas happen and we're children, you know, my therapist said that she said children are very self-absorbed. You know, they think everything is about them. And a lot of times when we have traumas or experience traumatic events as children, we believe that it is automatically our fault that it happened because of, of me or there was something I could have done or there was some, you know, some way that I could have put a stop to it, you okay. know? Um, but there was nothing, there is nothing that you can do. And it's almost as if holding on to that guilt is your way of having some type of control over having some type of control of something pertaining to the situation because you can't have control of the situation or the outcome of the situation of her death but maybe I can have control by holding on to this guilt mm-hmm. and so what you're doing is doing yourself a disservice because there's no need for it there's absolutely no need for it it's no need to feel guilty about something that literally was out of your control that actually had nothing to do with you and when I say had nothing to do with you not about your relationship or anything like that meaning it 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 literally is not how can I put it it's like it's almost like this it's like God's business does that make sense yes like it's something that literally you have it ain't your business. It ain't, you know what I mean? It, there's nothing you can do. There was literally nothing that could have been done to prevent this. And anyone can say, well, yes, this, you know, she could have this surgery or maybe this wouldn't happen or da 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 da. I know what I've saw two years before. You know what I'm saying? I know what I saw. And so when it happened, it was like a warning. You know what I mean? Right. So that's right. how that's how I knew literally days before, because I I saw I saw the okay there was this picture, and when I saw the picture, my sister looked. Well, I don't, I don't really want to talk about that right now, because then I'm gonna have to relive that shit. But um, I know when I I days after she died, I was just like it. No, it was meant. It's it's hard to accept that. It's hard to accept that something is meant. And it's like, well, why is that meant? That no, that's not fair. My belief is that when God sends you down to earth, you know, I and and this is this is my belief. I believe that, you know, when I I was reading the Bible and just knowing, okay, well, God 
um, you know, God said, I I knew you before you were in your mother's womb, right? Mm -hmm. And then I was thinking, are you falling asleep? No. I was thinking about the whole past life thing, right? And I was like, I don't understand how this works. Like, like how this would fit into what I believe. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, okay, if God said, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb, that means he means he knew your spirit. And then I had a situation where I cried about my parents and I was like, well, why do you choose them as my parents? And, and God, I, honest to God, I heard it from him. God said they were just supposed to bring you here. So then I started thinking about Jesus and Mary and Joseph and how that all happened. And then I thought about it and I was like, when God is ready for you to bring something into the world, it's something he puts inside of each and every person on this earth for you to bring into this world. And it can be on any scale. To to man, it may be a small scale, it may, but to God, it's all the same. It's a it's something He put you here to do, right. and He gives us the choice to decide if we're going to go that way or not go that way. And He's very forgiving, even when you don't go the way that He intended. You understand what I'm saying? I believe that when He is ready for you to come back that is when you die and when time as time progresses and moves forward when he's ready to send you back because it's again he needs you again he's put something in you again that needs at this time the world needs and he sends you back and that's how i thought about the past lives that's why you may have been here more than once you understand what i'm saying Right, right. So I literally was thinking about this shit and I was just like, it fucking makes sense. And then, bitch, you ain't gonna believe this shit. Guess what? What? About like maybe two weeks after, I saw a video with Iyanla Van. No, shit, it was more than two weeks. It was like a month or so. I saw Iyanla Van Zant, a video of her on YouTube telling Oprah the same shit. I said, God damn it, I figured it out. I figured it. <laughs> she was it's like it was the same. She literally said the same thing, girl. When I when I tell you, I felt woke. Okay, I felt because I was just to me that just makes sense. Because you, come on now, there's children who are born with these gifts, like where they 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 play the piano at like two years old. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Or or they, you know, they took freaking Ray J's baby just said, I love you, and she's two months old. And she said it clear as fuck. Two months old. She already said daddy. Not dada, daddy. Like, come on now. There's some children that say that they, or and even some people that remember. I believe in past lives. I do believe in that, and I that's my theory, and that's something I believe. I don't, you know, people can disagree. That's absolutely fine, but that is my belief. That makes sense to me. It it literally changed my world when, and and this was recently that I understood this, and so how that fits in with Camille. I believe that she brought forth what she was meant to bring forth. And when he took her back, it's because he needed her back. 
she was meant to bring Kamal into this world. Right. But not only that, look at what she was to each one of us for the time that we did have with her. Think of the best memory that you can honestly think like 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 dead ass. Think of a funny any memory, your uh, the mem- the first memory that comes to your mind of her. Like I could think there's there's so many. We we used to fight and she would <laughs> argue and she get in your face and always be spitting. I don't know if it's because she has spaces in between the teeth, but she always be spitting, my nigga. <laughs> and she be yelling. It's already getting on my nerves that you're yelling and you're in my face. But then you done spit on me, so now I'm gonna hit you. <laughs> and we used to fight, clean up the kitchen, or she was like. She was just fun. She was so much fun. You know, I I don't know. I'm going to think of my favorite memory. Do you have any memories that come to mind? I have memories. If they're my favorites, I don't know. My my most, my fondest memory is whenever we're cleaning, we're cleaning her room when she lived in LA or in California. And we would clean her room. She'd always put on the Raymond vs. Raymond album. The what album? Raymond versus Raymond by Usher. Oh, that was my shit. Always play that. Always put on. Um, there goes my baby. Oh, that was, that was my, my shit. There goes my baby. Okay, girl, let Usher keep singing it. Mm mm, child. Mm mm. Mm mm. Wow. I ain't high enough for that, girl. I try to think of my fondest memory of her. Um, uh, I have to say the very last Christmas we spent together was pretty powerful. I, first of all, I am the best goddamn bargain shopper there is, son. Because I bought everybody gifts. And um, I wrote this card to her and I bought her this this fur full fur throw for her for dialysis because she was on uh dialysis but that's not what killed her and so I bought it for her because it was cold in the dialysis center and um I remember so anyways in the card I put I put that I was gonna go get tested to see if we were a match for a kidney and she cried and cried and cried and um because I was like if we're a match I'll do the I will give her my kidney and um I was like why are you crying so hard and she was like you know just because it just feels like you get it you know sometimes it just feel like people don't understand like you like you get it and it was so you know what was so dope about that Christmas. Um we decorated the Christmas tree. It was like a family. Like I know people say what they want about her boyfriend and I know he did some really fucked up shit. But that last Christmas was like it was probably the best Christmas I've had honestly shy since i was since this so since this last christmas this last christmas 
when, when you guys were here like was legit but like this this christmas with her was like that you know what i mean right we um we decorated the tree her uh smoke um kamal and um <laughs> kamal kept putting icicles he kept he kept putting a shitload of icicles that shit looked like a um oh man it was this old robot back in the day in this movie and it had it looked like the shit you see at the old um fucking not the car wash but anyways he just had like a shitload of it in the and i started making fun of him i was like come on now really and so smoker say taylor will you leave my baby alone i'm like man whatever I was like, why it looks like that? We're not going to have a treat. You know what I'm saying? I was like, well, let me get some of that over there. He hogging all the icicles. (laughs) So, like, literally. Anyone who doesn't know what icicles are, they're the stringy silver. The stringy silver things, yeah. Yeah, the confetti for the tree. Yeah, yeah. The most ghetto looking shit ever, but it just makes it look beautiful so pretty. right and so, so, shiny. so she was like um and she was sitting on the couch sorting out the stuff and then um i had put some flowers i organ i like i put them in a vase grandma always says i do the prettiest like little stuff like that like with the candles or the flowers yes thank you thank you there you go Mm -hmm. she said because i had done her candles one time in the vase and it was really really pretty and i put the water in it it was so dope i had the candlestick standing up i put water in the vase and then i but i had them standing with nothing around them so it was like stones in the bottom Oh, it was so pretty. And she was like, do you know, I can't get it back like how you had it, you know? You did it so beautiful. Oh, my God. It's so, oh, God. It's so pretty. It's just, oh, yeah. So, I did that with the flowers. And it was just, it was a fun Christmas. But I ain't gonna lie. I got mad at her. Because... She bought her boyfriend up Xbox, and I was like, I had got into an argument with her because I was like telling her, okay, well, you know, you don't have to really give me much anything, but if you're going to give me something, give me some headphones, right? So I was like, or get me like, you know, stuff for scrapbooking because I love scrapbook. And so she's like, I'm going to get you what I want to get you. I said, that is the dumbest fucking thing I have ever heard. Why the fuck would you get somebody some shit that they not going to like? Who the fuck does that? She's, I'm going to get you what I want. She's like, well, if I'm paying for it, it's my budget. And what I said, my nigga, scrapbook shit at the fucking Dollar Tree is $1. Okay, my nigga. Big spender. You know what I'm saying? Big spender. Are you serious? So look. I was like, it ain't that much money player for some construction paper. Like, it's not that much. You're good. So she was like, I was like, I'm dead ass serious. Do not give me no bullshit. If I don't like it, I'm going to tell you. Because I wanted, I wanted the Jador perfume. That's what I wanted. So... She got me some gummies headphones from Walmart. 
and she goes here this is your Christmas present I dead ass thought she was joking Cheyenne right <laughs> hand to God those were the bummiest fucking headphones I had that shit the shit sounded like a fucking operator was gonna come on the line it was horrible it was like she had to pay 59 I don't even think they gave them shits out for free and she, I thought she was joking. I was like, she's she's dead ass joking. She really did not give me some bullshit. Cause you know me, I'm very picky about my headphones. Yeah. And I'm like, you could have easily got Skull Candy for like eight ninety nine at Ross. Like you didn't put no effort. I was pissed. I was like, my nigga, you should have just got me nothing. I would have been okay with that. I would have been better with a gift card. You know what I'm saying? Shit, a hug. <laughs> Just give me nothing, then give me bullshit, please. Because I'm I'm not the one that's gonna fake the funk. If I don't like it, I will tell you. Which is, which can be good or bad. Because if you do good, I'm definitely gonna make you feel great. But if you did bad, honey, I'm gonna be like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm man! Right now. I don't know. You just, I get, I, I just see it taking it day by day with this thing is the best thing to do. Yeah. Because I was in front of the other ones. Yep. Dead ass. And this day never gets here because it's like with me because I'm in school. It's always a reminder. So no matter what, I'm at school, and the first day, that's when it, my first day of high school, it's like, I'm always being reminded, even when I'm in high school, but I'm working, it's like, oh, this day will never just be a day. Yeah. That is tough. That's where that PTSD comes in. And then it's terrible because it's like as a kid or like nobody around you is usually what you're going through. Like you'll meet a few people very seldom that go through something like you. And you you know what's so funny not to cut you off? Well, I did just cut you off. I'm sorry. But... I hate it when motherfuckers would be like, I know how you feel. I lost my grandmother. Bitch, if you don't get your fuck ass out of my face. If I say grandmother, then I say sister. No, no, because it's like, no, because it's like your grandmother lived her life. Bitch, my sister didn't make it to 30. Like, you you can't understand that kind of pain. Yeah. You can't. It's not just for yourself. It's not just for them it's like for everybody who they who you wish they who you wish got to meet them but I, it's you're like, warning for everybody for every experience that someone is missing out with that person like I I can honestly say that I can tell genuinely sorry for people who didn't get to meet them after she passed I genuinely felt hurt for you felt what? Never, I felt hurt. I felt sad. Because we never get to experience what I got to experience. So it's like, you're no longer, you're, you're not 
wanted to yourself, you wanted those moments of your experience that you had an idea of what you could say, but not get to the know. It's a different kind of pain when you lose a sibling. Mm-hmm. Oh it's, yes. It's a it's, it's a, a friend. It's a woo. It's a it's a different kind of pain. Just like it's when like, you lose it's a parent. A back mm-hmm. It's just like losing a parent. When you lose a parent, it's, it's a different kind of pain. And the same thing goes for parents. The pain of losing a child. Of losing a child. Different than our pain as siblings. Uh, yeah. birth them, but that's like our assignments. It, it doesn't matter what anybody says. Half the tweets that have the electric related like if any kind of birthday any kind of way to somebody who's your sibling and have that connection because me and my brother me and Xavier I don't know how so Xavier and I we're a year and a half apart but we literally think the exact same way we hear sometimes we'll be singing the same song in our head it's that kind of relationship well me and Camille was like that huh me and Camille was like that we will finish each other's yeah. sentences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, oh my gosh, get out of my head. That's time. No, that person is not know what. Mm-hmm. There's me now, like, the closer it gets to her, the anniversary of her death, which is what, a day now, tomorrow, it's like, I become more anxious about things happening. I'm Me very too. nervous about leaving mom by herself. Me I'm very too. nervous about here. Like if I don't if I don't hear you like at least call mom or call Victoria, I'm very nervous. I think something has happened to you, something has happened to Xavier, something's happened to the dog, something's happened to Victoria. Like everything triggers me to be scared like someone is gonna die. So you're always on that constant just vigilance, like I don't want anything to happen. Because you don't want to experience that type of pain again. Never. I could never want to feel that again. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Wait, wait. Scratch that. I wouldn't wish having to sneeze, but it not coming out on my worst enemy. <laughs> That's a terrible feeling. Oh my gosh. That's not that bad. Nah. I, I cannot. I can't. can't understand how I have to sleep but my body will not let me sleep it hurts (laughs) it hurts so much it's so uncomfortable okay I'm still high and I don't know if I gave Hazel I don't remember if I gave her a piece of my Cheeto puff (laughs) does she eat smart breath well if I, gave, if I gave her a piece already, then I don't have to feel bad about telling her no afterwards. But I don't, <laughs> but I don't remember if I gave her a piece already. So. I feel like something Hazel would do is like take the Cheeto and hide it and then come back and be like, let me get another one real quick. She's literally I done that. that one. <laughs> she hides her stuff. She's a pack rat like mom. Hazel was... A fucking sassy 
biracial black woman. Another time. And her sister. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because it's like people will swear that up and down that dogs are just dogs. But, like, let me give you testimony. My mommy was that person. Mom, a dog is a dog. And as soon as Willow and Hazel came into the picture, she was like, nope, those are my babies. Cannot anybody who talks to them wrong and they can have to hear it from me. (laughs) Speaking of doggies. Um, Coco is gonna be in the park for free, I think, this weekend. Who? Coco. The movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, are you calling Ice T's wife a dog? <laughs> you son of I wasn't even thinking about her. I that's the first person that popped this by. I was like, Coco. Oh. Well, what do you mean speaking of Coco? <laughs> mm-hmm. But I like Coco. That movie always brings tears to my eyes. Well, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's fabulous. It's beautiful. The artwork is amazing. Just so I just love Pixar. Wait a minute. Hold on. Check this out. Mm. I just put a Cheeto puff in my mouth, right? Mm-hmm. Hazel dead ass. <laughs> oh, she was lo- looking at it because I was eating another one and I was waiting to let that go down to put another one in my mouth. So she was sitting there looking at Cheeto in my mouth, my hand. I put it in my mouth. Why did she dead ass pick up each of her paws and slam them down like she was mad? She said, but I'm, I cannot make this up. She said, you really not forgetting no She was like pissed off. Like, I'm serious. Like her face. I promise you, she gave me the side eye. I'm not joking. Cause she dead ass picked up her. She picked up one paw at a time. Boom, boom. I'm not joking. Mm-hmm. I believe you. I believe you. I I don't doubt it for a moment. Cause I was, we were riding outside today, and I saw a man talking to his dog. And I was like, anybody would think he's crazy, but I know that dog is actually talking back. Oh, I don't know. Whoa, <laughs> wait, a, whoa, nigga, wait a minute. I don't know about the dog talking back now. <laughs> Taylor, shut up. You know what I mean? Because Hazel will be talking to you. No, I, I wait a minute. I wouldn't say that either. <laughs> I do not know what you. I don't know what you're talking about. It's okay, Hazel. I know you can hear TT, and TT knows that you talk. <laughs> she communicates. I wouldn't say she talk. always got something to say, just like her mama. <laughs> Oh, hello, words have meaning. To say she talked, meaning like she cut her conversation like you and me. That's some son of Sam type bullshit. She be cussing she your ass out. What do you mean? <laughs> she rolled her eyes at me one day. I'm not joking. Imagery, courage, and cowardly dog without looking like a dog, but she makes noises and stuff. Mm. It doesn't believe me. <laughs> I know she'd be doing it because I'd be hearing her. She'd be like, hi, Hazel. And she'd be like, uh. I'm like, oh, crap. She's almost there. Hazel is the cutest. Well, so we hope that while you guys listen to us laugh and joke and be sisterly on the phone, When you get the opportunity or if an opportunity presents itself where someone needs to vent or just talk, please use the tools that have been provided in this week's episode 
because it can really make a difference in how vulnerable someone will be willing to be with you mm-hmm. by how they're received. So just try it. You ain't got nothing to lose. Just 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 try it. Yep. My tips tend to work. Just try it. So until next time. Thank you for listening to 20 fucking nine. Thank you, Cheyenne, for joining me tonight. Thank you. Bye, everybody. And Hazel with her loud mouth. For my cheek. Bye, Hazel. Bye, guys.